what up what up what up welcome back to blacker couch reviews i'm your host christina we're back at the mid season episode of barry season four episode four it takes a psycho written by tayo feek collad and directed once again by the estimol is that's wow that word did not come out right at all now I can't say it. Now I'm just going to keep saying the same word. I'm going to say estimate. <laughs> Esteemable. I know that's how the... And you know what? I'm not going to feel too bad because I just listened to this video of a, a dialect coach. And he talks about how people just... There's a word for that when you mix up the words because they sound similar it's just a part of speech and he made me feel a lot better because I'm so self-conscious with my speech and I think people online are even worse than they've ever been with loving to correct you when you say or you know maybe misspell I misspell a lot online because I'm passionate I'm passionate when I'm typing okay and this this tiny little keyboard and so my fingers might you know hit the wrong shit and then you got on top of that the the iphone just whatever dictionary they're thinking to put sentences together i mean i clearly said on why did you put in i don't know so that makes me feel even more stupid right and (laughs) thus doing a podcast i feel self-conscious but after watching that video And even as a dialect coach and him being like, yeah, I understand the pet peeves, but, you know, language and and how people talk are they're they're things that continue to change. And and there's a whole history behind it all. And and just because you misspeak or even spell wrong doesn't take away from your intelligence. It just makes you human. (laughs) So I, I, I really like that takeaway. And thus... When I trip over my words, as I do very often on this podcast, I'm just going to accept that's the human version, the flawed human version of myself. Now that that whole sidebar is out of the way, let's jump into this very, very emotional episode. Before we jump into the review, where we listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. Spotify, go out to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there. Like, share. And if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. Let's give a shout out to all my predictions last week. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Fuchs hears a helicopter leave before two guards walk in immediately and start a whooping on that ass. I wonder how many times he had to to get that fall right so that it was comedic gold 
Despite saying he does not know where Berkman is and had nothing to do with the assassins being smuggled in, the beatdown continues with the warden jumping in, probably not doing too much damage. I was right about the cabin. I will take credit where I can. If nothing else, I knew we were going to make an appearance back at Big Bear. That's where Gene would need to hide out, but he is taken there by Tom, who cheerfully declares that there are no bars, meaning no media can talk to you. And his son, who isn't angry, just disappointed. That's how you know you fucked up. That's how you know you fucked up. We all know Barry has escaped. So us hearing those words, or at least an audience member like myself, I'm going, that's not great because Barry is out. He's on the loose. Who is he going to go after first? We don't know. But we assume that he's out for revenge. The police car crashing into the other police car was hysterical in their haste to find barry or get to gene before barry does jim is outside of gene's place and says no he's not here i sent him to big bear which is very fortunate he wants to know what they're doing to find barry where is he and they're like look he's gonna be on a revenge spree until we catch him but don't worry we got swat heading to noho hanks because we got an informant tell us where he is a tale on Sally, a car to watch Gene and Big Bear. I only have one request. If you find him before we do, please don't kill him. No, hell no. I have a wild theory. I have a wild theory. I'll save it to the end because if we're going to shoot, we're going to shoot for the stars. <laughs> I may be zero for however many, but hey why not why not i'm still i'm still playing still playing at the table hank oh the evolution of hank it's been brawling since last season his reaction to the sound in the first episode clear ptsd trauma he's been quietly dealing with things he feels a little closer to the person that is Barry. He has been irrevocably changed, realizing what he is and isn't, more importantly, willing to do to protect those that he loves and cares about in whatever life they've chosen. And, well, it doesn't even matter what life they've chosen. The life is going to line up with the protection necessary to facilitate any type of happiness the irony of it all is that Cristobal wanted to come back you know they were happy in Santa Fe at least I think Hank was I think it's something I mentioned that he seemed rather reluctant to go back but Cristobal wanted them to still have their dream which is ironic considering both parties came out to LA with a dream to run LA under a crime syndicate 
and Cristobal along the way, I believe after this traumatizing event, the same traumatizing event Hank went through, decided that the life of crime was no longer viable for him. Whereas Hank realized that the life of crime is the only viable option in which he can guarantee his own and the people he more importantly person he loves safety uh and and i will point out that and it has to be said because i think there's a comparison here between cristobal and sally because like sally they're not a horrible person but they're flawed towards their partners that end up being far darker people than they first fall in love with and they're both making decisions in this episode that end in different paths hearing barry betrayed him was the last cinch in that linchpin so to speak of I need to reconcile myself to a reality that isn't what I'm currently doing, particularly also with Batir (laughs) and Andre showing up being like, okay, playtime's over. You have a decision to make and you can either make the right decision or you can go the wayside of everyone else. And I think it's worth noting that Hank is even given that choice considering the catastrophe (laughs) that was the events that went down but in a lot of ways no fault completely of his own because Gordon was in charge of the operation right and he tried to salvage it was able to salvage it under Batir he believed they were setting up an operation and then you know they were taken down by the police now they know Barry's the one that gave them up he's a serial killer all those things don't rest on Hank's shoulders. I do like the use of darkness or dark space in this show. It's a good signifier of going into the darkness. They did it well with Sally last season with her infamous monologue to her agent. Barry, once he killed all the Chechens, is it Chechens or Chechens? I always say that wrong. And now we see Hank very much uh, paralleled with that darkness next to him as it creeps in until he finally it's engulfing his entire world these people aren't to be saved is my realization should have realized that earlier with sally instead of having some hope of redemption mainly as someone who is aware of the struggles women abused women have to go through I didn't want this fate for her but she doesn't wish or want to or even feel she has to make any type or seek any type of redemption the world half disappointed her expectations and in the parent department she ain't even wrong back to Hank he doubles security and accepts the chastisement from Cristobal not to hire podcast guys for a hit and maybe it won't fail. Shots fired. 
it's rather funny he would make that notation because it's that incompetency from everyone in Hank's life that he actually knows in the criminal enterprise is why he turns to the Chechens. <laughs> it's almost as if Cristobal doesn't realize that his own words have taken have taken have buried in Hank's head in regards to his failures today is their big day for the sand delivery where they're going to finally make their huge announcement or I don't know if we can really call it an announcement because <laughs> you know it's not it's not an actual corporation but they got the mics on like they're fucking Steve Jobs and you even hear Hank say I, I don't think we need the fucking mics they're right here they can hear us just fine it is the first time we see a little annoyance within Hank of the ridiculousness or acknowledgement a little bit of the ridiculousness of what they're doing they well, Cristobal certainly is being naive about the threat, the very serious threat that not only took out all of your men, but my men as well, all within five fucking minutes. And we both barely made it out of there. So no, I wouldn't be like, well, it is what it is. No, I'd be a little fucking concerned. I might even, I don't know, want to leave. But Hank is fully aware of Barry's capability more so how incapable the guys we are backing they are like-minded criminal softies fully displayed when hank who ditches the microphones as a stated changes Cristobal's plans to do a tour which that's so fun and instead surprises them with a frat boy fun time to their delight Something about seeing a scary biker squeal like a teddy bear over karaoke is precious. But the way in which Hank puts on a smile when Cristobal is looking and how it vanishes was a precursor. Back to Sally's arc. We can finish this up in one one paragraph because it was the weaker part of the episode in my opinion i felt like she was given busy work to get her to the point of yeah i don't want to be here anymore i'd rather be love love bombed and obsessed over in my one fan and be safe than allow this reality to be my reality it culminates with her realizing that yes pretty tall blonde women get cast in roles for sex appeal and not talent and it doesn't matter how talented she is she will always be overshadowed by this fact it's even very blatantly put in her face like put that on that i did laugh at how sally started doing her lines first subtly then fully in front of the director getting in front of the other actress while she is offered a bit of a lifeline to make something of a life of herself in this business it's not going to be the life you want 
It's not going to be anything glorious, but you can still do the thing that you love, act and hope for something better. But I'm also reminded of the fact that Sally herself squandered what she had. It's not like Barry came out, was announced as a serial killer, and then her show was canceled. Everything Sally's bad karma came down to was Sally's choices as a person. And that had nothing to do with Barry. Thus, maybe she feels in a certain way that she deserves to be with Barry because that's just the type of person she is and the type of person that would love her I don't know I I still it just maybe I'm always gonna feel icky about it because I I don't care how unlikable a person you are I never want to see you in a situation a woman in a situation any man woman doesn't child in a situation where yes Barry loves Sally I don't doubt that but I don't trust not even a little bit that she would become collateral damage because he is at his core damaged Gene is advised by Tom whose phone leapt to life once he got to the bottom he's like why can't you just say you got service that Barry has escaped, which panics Gene, of course, especially when Tom isn't keen on picking him up. He's like, oh, no, no, no. He could have told him that officers are on the way. However, he runs to get Rip Torn's gun, Chekhov's gun. And see, that's coming into play. I will say there are a few things in this episode that don't make sense but could because of these few bits of dialogue now i pay really close attention to the dialogue and it could be it could definitely be a catch-22 because either they're writing and they're not meaning to or they're just throwing something in there and they forget about it and then you're like oh well you never addressed this or it is something that's meant to be picked up on and we will see that it made sense a little bit later and we'll get to the two things i'm talking about shortly despite begging for it to end fuchs continues to be beaten and i cannot at all condone the justice system even going so far as the warden to come out and hydrate everyone in the prison can hear that he has not given up barry it's commentary on the abuse suffered by inmates i'm certain in the the prison system which is very much a slavery system if you research into the matter and it's done at the warden's discretion and while i'm glad that this got fuchs the respect finally as the raven which may go somewhere and this being an unintended consequence of Barry's betrayal, a parting gift that he didn't actually gift him, but something that is redeemable about Fuchs, which is his loyalty that mattered to Barry. And now it's that loyalty that allows for him to find people of his own. Because he really didn't even look back for him, man.
y'all know I hated Fuchs. But whatever Fuchs did, <laughs> all it took was one word from Barry and he would never consider, like he would, he would certainly throw himself on the line for him or put himself on the line. It might have been better if like a group of black people sat around him just to politically hone in on the point about the justice system. It's absolutely not their job to do it, but I couldn't help thinking it. Hank looks visibly distraught back at the warehouse, not about Barry, no, 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 but about the decisions he's made. And as the party commences, Cristobal urges him to put his energy into what he accomplished instead of worrying about Barry. Much like the conversation with Barry, there's a moment where you think maybe Hank will change his mind. I think that's the scene in this episode where he's trying to say, look, look at what we have accomplished. Look at all the things. And he, he doesn't feel like this is an accomplishment, but he says, Hey, who wants to see the sand? Hank rejects Cristobal at this moment. He is marching finally to the beat of his own drum. The sand idea was Cristobal's dream, despite saying it's been theirs for the past two years the that no that's not quite what their dream was the past two years something that Cristobal forgot Hank wanted to be head of a criminal enterprise so did you sand was for bay okay and he would have been content in the in that fantasy until reality showed up it's his non-threatening persona Hanks that doesn't even raise suspicion when he is being apprehensive when he says, let's go see the sand. Cristobal shockingly is oblivious as well. Even he sees Hank as soft. And that look, when he said as much, now I understand that look. Who are you talking to right now? Apparently the informant had some old information because the SWAT team shows up at David Buster. <laughs> And it's the LAPD, so ain't no questions, just nightsticks swinging, including the poor bartender. They were talking about the dude with a hat on. I don't watch sports, so I don't get the reference. Jim is listening to the police scanner and hears that the SWAT raid is a bust. Who else would he go to but Sally's, which is interesting that he would not see Barry and Sally get away. I'm not sure why they showed him clearly hunting Barry. Not to mention when we get to the end of the episode for it to go nowhere. I got my eyes on you. Hank walks the group into the silo to look at the sand. This is the whole kit in the poodle. <laughs> it never gets old. With uh, underutilized but still great actor from the expanse saying can i take a picture of this dude you can do sand angels don't mess with me man even the way hank set up their massacre was very hank like make sure their last day was fun take a selfie to remember them by wanting them to be happy before they died he tried to get Cristobal to come with him in the guise of an errand but Cristobal stays so he is caught up especially when they call him back to come look at the photo in the massacre when the silo opens up and they are suffocated by the sand 
upon hearing Cristobal's suffering, which also contextualized how awful a way it is to go to be suffocated in that sand, a cruelty in juxtaposition with Hank's cheerful uh, disposition. Cristobal is saved by Hank, and I'm glad we heard it until he was outside and we didn't actually see the physical rescue. Only seeing through Cristobal's eyes the realization of what has happened was a smart move. Pours water in his eyes, and then we follow his gaze away from Hank's apologies to the betrayal as the staff were Cheshans check Cheshun check the rest are gunned down and Hank is congratulated by Batir and Andre before looking back Cristobal is still in one shot at the man he loves what did you do? it is now night in Big Bear Gene is half asleep and is and is what do you call those yeah i know it's a chair i know that but i thought you call those uh love seat is that a love seat <laughs> i know why that's a couch and i know why they call it a couch but that's a love seat you can't sit on that if you ain't in love no it's actually a recliner um <laughs> i found the right word i was looking for Gene sees someone at his door, and to be fair, if you know your father is already alone and terrified that a serial killer is on the loose, that he is the lead person he would be coming after, why in the fuck would you not announce yourself before using the key? Call before you get up the mountain. Gene screams, fuck you, after shooting three times through the door, and unfortunately, it's his son who bought him his beloved coral reef cafe as he wanted but only hopefully he is shot in the shoulder and i guess we won't know what happens this night because the ending is the ending which i'm not sure is the ending but we'll go we'll, we'll get back to that back at hank's batir and andre dine with hank giving him the keys to la we'll be silent partners you've proven yourself you're willing to do what it takes what you and Cristobal had going, it just wasn't it. And this is something that actually correlates with what Cristobal wanted, just not the way Cristobal wanted. Cristobal also hasn't joined them since she came home, and Hank admits he may need time to adjust. Kind of like the wife in this scenario. Now he'll just he'll, he'll be she'll be fine. Don't worry about it. The irony is Cristobal, Cristobal's people, I can't remember what he's affiliate, which group he's affiliated with, because um, they kept making the joke about him, how short they were, <laughs> and yet right now I can't, it's not coming to my mind, but they, they were against the idea of his sexuality, whereas the Chechens disregard that aspect of Hank, even going so far as to say, you know, y'all love each other, which makes you family. They're trying to make overtures to him. Hey, you'll get over it. Or they, they're even trying to be nice. He'll get he'll get past it. Don't worry. Just I, I like the dichotomy there. I mean, I clearly it's you can't like or dislike because these are terrible people, but you know what I mean? Like that's not 
It's interesting that that's not a point of contention. Hank tries to explain. This is when things just went. "Mm, I did not think it was going to go this way. This was not how I thought this was going to go. I had a sneaking suspicion that Cristobal was not going to make it the whole season. I don't know why. I just knew it needed to happen to push Hank's story forward somehow. And I thought it was going to be at Barry's hands and that Hank is partially responsible even though he made the right decision or the only decisions he felt he could have made at that moment he lost something that he can never get back and that was really hard to watch he tries to explain to Cristobal look if I told you you would have tried to talk me out of it and I was like okay Rick Grimes And if you don't get the reference, well, then you should watch The Walking Dead. But he knows with the Chechens protecting them, they can run their enterprise with the correct might backing them and not a gaggly group of gangsters that really want to franchise into legitimacy, which would have made them rich, but not criminal rich. And that's only if they would have really broke ground. And that's kind of the naivety that Hank is was being accused of, but rather it was Cristobal. Cause you know, it's kind of reminds me of of the uh show The Expanse when Anderson dolls, they're like, Yeah, you're a belter, you should go represent us. And he looks over at Fred Johnson's like, Yeah, that's nice, but come on, imagine them sitting across the table from me. It's the same exact thing, right? You're only going to break ground so far in that world because of who you are and where you come from. And that's just the simple truth. There's, 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 there's only so far you're going to go and it's probably even not that far. You might have success, but you're not even going to have close as much success if you're working and being under the organization. And simply put, when you're at top, when you're at the top, You might have to murder once or twice, but you don't have to continue to be the worst person once you're there. Sometimes some people need to be at might need to, you know, take out a few people because they know at least when I get in it, things won't be as bad or as violent. You kind of understand Hank's perspective and why he wanted to do this. I was skeet on the idea of the sand, but continue to support on that idea as long as it was viable Barry made it inviable and and so did Andre and Batir they would have killed us all of us so it's either me saving myself and you self-preservation same quality as Barry or we all would have died (laughs) that's not much of a hard choice to make in in response to those were our partners. We knew them for fucking a week. <laughs> Not to mention the FBI now know about us. So yeah, we could have easily been split apart just with that alone. However, for Cristobal, I think it boils down to I left a life that was a lie with someone because he had kids with that woman and I still ain't got over the fact that he had kids with that woman I won't live another life in another lie pretending to be someone I'm not affiliated with the violence that I abhor 
And if he spent his life being electrocuted or brainwashed into changing his sexuality, it's understandable that if it's death or this life that isn't a life, then I choose death. It's an easier decision for Cristobal and a harder one for Hank because he's he loves Cristobal and he doesn't want him. He doesn't want to sacrifice him. Hank thinks that things can just cool off. Look, look, you can sleep in the bed. I'll take the couch. This will make sense eventually. It is what they came to LA to do, but falling in love with Hank changed Cristobal's course. He wanted him or he wanted another life after what he realized that life led him to. And even Hank in some respects, because he, yeah, crazy wife killed everybody. And I also think he wants a life of, honesty out of the chaos hank admits look we got blinded by a dream we knew those guys i think i already brought that up a hot minute they wouldn't have been loyal we at least got people willing to take bullets for us you wanted to be crime lords now we are crime lords i wanted to be legitimate i love the tone change here like when he says the word legitimate like ew now who's being naive like the fcc wouldn't be all over our ass the minute we put money on the books they had a weak team and hank knew it and admits that he did try it for him but when the chechens put a gun to your head you either let your brains be blow out blown out or you reimagine your life choices who the fuck are you man i'm hank Hank finally has found what everyone has been encouraging him to find. Where's your your pride, your confidence, your cojones, your cold-bloodedness, prioritization. Stop trying to get Barry and Fuchs out of jail. Do this, do that. Well, he did it. He prioritized. He prioritized. He got confident. He got ruthless. But the minute he embraces it, the man he loves calls him a psychopath. I would never fall in love with a psychopath. I wonder if that is what Sally was thinking when she realized that Barry was a murderer. But unlike Cristobal, she accepts the fact that she fell in love and is in love with a psychopath, whereas Cristobal firmly rejects it. The framing of Hank with those windows behind him made me think uh it it evoked the image of like lucifer god's favorite my favorite all of our favorite being cast from heaven into hell particularly when he rises and points out it took a psychopath to free him from his crazy fucking wife like he felt very avenged in that moment too uh or like you felt the rage kind of coming up the the darkness because that is still fucked up that you didn't tell him about that wife and then she tried to kill him and you and killed his men she was gonna feed you him to a fucking tiger he's been walked over his entire life again and again and now he knows to run an organization there can be no other way Christopher gets up he's leaving not just leaving leaving him and isn't quiet about it saying that what he did is unforgivable this actually should really be sally and it's sad to say if sally would have been this brave and walked away 
she wouldn't have been shot. She would have probably had a life. Whereas Cristobal didn't have a choice. When Hank points out that he can't leave him, then he goes, Jesus. He knows too much. Cristobal simply rejects any idea of reconciliation or even considering what other options they may have for his future, even if it's not in a relationship with Hank. And I think even Hank would have let that be. I love the shot following them outside but not getting too close as the two continue to argue it was, it was just very well done as it slowly moved as it was getting away none of the chechens are around but you know that they are there listening in the shadows to every word being said then hank hugs him the same way as when he rescued him except unfortunately Cristobal says those damning words and I'm so glad they brought that back it's done Janice the fateful decision out of all the wrong decisions that Barry made it feels as if this is that decision for Hank so Cristobal walks back in or Hank walks back inside fully understanding what is about to happen the acting from Anthony Kerrigan, he better get a fucking award. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like realizing what's happening, realize doing everything he can just to keep him alive. Being like, I love you. Like, okay, I messed up. I didn't think this through. It, he's just, he really did think, I mean, he went from confident to I will demote myself. I will do whatever to get you to stay. But Cristobal is not having it. It's done. You cannot get me to change my moral code. It is inflexible in this. And he has to allow it to happen. Nice touch with the white shirt. Because you think maybe he's coming back in. But you know he ain't. And it's quiet because you don't even hear anything. So it's not like you hear a gunshot and you're like, oh, oh, well, that happened. You just see Hank getting more and more hysterical. And then the guy says, sorry, Hank. And he shows him Cristobal's body in the driveway because he said, you're going to let me get in my car and drive away and we're never going to speak again. That was not meant to be. I think Cristobal knew exactly what was going to happen. It was just as much his choice as it was. Uh, you know Hank's choice prior to take out to destroy what they had going in Crystal's mind then we should have went down we should have tried to fight back we should have done something but while I agree with Hank's choice I can't disagree with why Crystal chose his path now Jim is outside of Sally's but He's also asleep. Sally goes into her apartment and being and instead of being creeped out by the awning yawning darkness, she knows Barry's there in the same spot that she herself had her infamous speech. And he starts with, I know this is crazy and yada yada yada, but she's the first one to say, let's leave. And he's like, really? And then all of a sudden, two kids are in the desert, it looks like, in the middle of no fucking where. One of the kids is fighting with someone named John. 
John doesn't know what Call of Duty is, probably because his parents don't allow him to play violent video games. He goes into the house that looks very isolated and desolate, a weird choice. And considering we've seen Barry in his mind and it looks somewhat like this, I am suspicious. Um, this is their son and he goes I'll talk to him because the son comes in you see Sally sitting there at the table and then it, clearly it's been a, a, some years and that's the last shot we see I am not convinced this is a time jump it could be a time jump I'm not saying it can't be because hey shit this I didn't expect what happened this episode so I'm not at all 100% convinced of my own um, theory here. But hear me out. Hear me out. There's two lines in this episode that got me thinking weird. The first one being, and now they can go back and explain this too. That's another thing. Just what we didn't see versus what we did see. Uh, It makes me kind of sad because that means Barry got away. And he gets to have a happy life somewhere. And I don't think that that is one. I don't even feel like the show wants that to be Barry's ending. All right. I don't, I never felt the show pulled punches with, you know, <laughs> uh, consequences and actions and consequences. There we go. And thus that anything would happen six years in the future after the abruptness of the ending of some lingering story arcs feels so abrupt that it 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 almost feels unbelievable another thing is the about the the gunshot with gene um i think it would be funny if the episode ends with you know the series ends with Gene in the hospital with his son and him fully realizing like, this is where I need to be. This is my life. Fuck fame. Uh, you know, finally embracing what he, he found and lost uh, or what, yeah, what he found again once he processed the death of Janice. That's what she brought to him that changed his directing life despite him slipping back into it. There was a cop car supposed to be coming out to the mountain because the, the guy clearly, and he was the head of chief of police, whatever he was, he's captain. So there should be a cop car out there that would be able to get some medical assistance to Gene or he could take his son out to the, the hospital. It's not the end of the world for that situation. Um, secondly, there was a cop car heading to Sally's. Now we have not only, now I can, I can buy that Barry would get past a cop car and sneak into Sally's stay there all day. And that him and Sally would get away from a cop car. Jim? Not so much. Not so much. Um, getting past Jim, I feel like, would be a, a really hard sell for me. And then they would just get away and he has a son and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, they could have a flashback and there's something that happens in this scenario. 
Yet once again, how would that coincide with the future? How do you bridge that gap unless what Barry is experiencing at the end, six years later, in his mind, it could be six years later, but it could be also in his mind and not actually happening. Except every scene he's had with a flashback this season has been in the same relative type of like they've set it up these last three episodes so i'm gonna i'm going to put out there in a uh i think that something does happen this night i think that barry is gonna try to get away with sally i think sally is going to try to help get him away but i do think somehow some way barry is gonna end up in jim's arms or Jim's care and Jim's going to fuck with his mind because he says I can't promise I won't kill him we first were introduced to Jim in a car with Fuchs and once again it could I've said once again 40 times it could be (laughs) that hey they've planted these little scenes and they mean absolutely nothing they were just little nuggets to know about Jim Moss he brought up the fact that he was S-E-R-E, which means survival, evasion, resistance, escape. I don't know too much about it, but a man being able to be captured and convince his interrogator to kill himself. This season, he takes Lon into the garage. And the next thing we know, Lon is speaking a different fucking language he never spoke before. So whatever he can do, he can get inside of your head. When he gets inside of that head, could he create a narrative there? And if so, could this be the narrative in which he's created? And then we are possibly seeing things. This whole scene is just a a scene in Barry's head. And even going forward, if we are going to keep going forward, seeing things from Barry's perspective that doesn't line up with what's currently yeah i know it's 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 a, it's a long stretch i'm not i'm not uh gonna die on die on this hill but i'm gonna put it out there put it out there and this episode of 9.8 out of 10 another banger i'm so sad that we only have four episodes left but i am really excited for what they could possibly do next maybe hank can go talk to mitch I'm being selfish. I just want to see Mitch. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Hustling, 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 hustling.